So we're here at the California Republican Party Convention, and I'm joined, our first guest of this very busy day, Jessica Milan-Patterson, you know her well. She is the chair of the California Republican Party. And if you were watching the debate this week in the Reagan Library, she was right there, center stage, doing the, was it the invocation? Is that what it, was? it was? It was so great to see you there. Oh, thank you. Um, leading the California Party and leading the audience. Yeah. Quite. So listen, I was just on with Stuart Varney, and he was asking me about the convention. And I said, the interesting thing for those people looking at California from the outside who think, well, it's just all over for Republicans. It's such a democratic state. I say to them two things. First of all, at this convention, there's an amazing amount of energy and optimism in the Republican Party. And secondly, I said to him, the Republican leadership in California is actually doing an amazing job getting the party together on, on, on the things that are necessary for winning elections, training workers, whether we like these rules or not, on things like ballot harvesting and vote by mail and early voting, getting the party really good at that so we can challenge the Democrats. Um, and when I say Republican, the leadership, that's you. So uh, tell us what you've been doing. I think people really need to understand. Yeah. So first of all, talking about the big picture on it, right? So we are now a super Tuesday state. The Democrat legislature changed it up the last time around. Didn't matter as much because we had an incumbent. But we have 5.2 million Republicans, more than any other state. And we should have a say in yes. who the party's nominee is. So having all of these presidential candidates, not just here for the Reagan Library debate, not just in California to fundraise as we see them so often, yeah. but coming to our convention and making their case to delegates as to why they're the best candidate to run against Joe Biden or whoever the Democrat nominee ends right. up being in November of 2024. And what we're doing here in California, we know that once we get past the primary, they're going to be campaigning in 11 states not named California. So what do we have to do? We have to figure out the places where we can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And in the last two cycles, we've picked up five congressional seats. As you know, we currently hold a four-seat House majority. We say Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, because of the five seats that we've yes. picked up in California. So building out the infrastructure, registering voters. Mm -hmm. Before I was chair, we were essentially the third largest party in the state. We were behind the United that. States. Exactly. We picked up our our sleeves and, and rolled them up and started getting to work, registering voters, talking yeah. to them about the things that matter, things that you talk about on your show so much. $22 billion on homelessness only for it to get worse. Our failing education system where we're 50 out of 50 when it comes to literacy. Right now, we are paying over $6 a gallon for gas in some parts of California. It is absolutely ludicrous. When we see the smash and grabs and the yep. reason crime from soft on crime policies here in California, those are the things we're talking about. But we're getting candidates. We trained over 1,500 candidates through our California Trailblazers so program. And we're building that bench for these legislative and these congressional seats so we can make a difference in Sacramento and Washington, too. And talk a little bit about the ballot harvesting, because I know it's such a contentious issue in the sense that, you know, a lot of people just think, what, what, how is this even allowed? It's ridiculous. I remember when I first heard the term, I thought it was a joke, like they wouldn't give it such a corrupt sounding name if it was a real thing. But it's real and it's the reality. And so I've, I've been very impressed with the way that you said, whether we like it or not, those are the rules and yeah. we can't change them until we win elections. Right. So we got to win using those rules. And I think you've put particular emphasis on training people around ballot harvesting. Yeah. So first of all, California Democrats have legalized and normalized what would be considered fraud in most parts of the country. Right. But you're right. 
if we don't play by those rules, we are at a disadvantage. It's like going into a football game and saying, we're not going to play for three quarters because we don't have an election day. We have an election month. We wouldn't go out on a football field and only play one quarter of football. We want to make exactly. sure that we're playing the entire game. So we're at, so it's an even playing field. And that means getting people to vote early. We just launched our Bank the Vote uh, initiative with the RNC in partnership with the RNC. And it's focused on making sure by every legal means possible, people are getting those ballots in early. Yeah. I used to dominate on early and absentee voting. Uh-huh. And over the last several years, we have to get back to a place where people have confidence in their elections. So one, we do the aggressive side of ballot harvesting with our neighborhood team leader program, which we train people very uh, rigorously on. Um, and then we do the passive side where yeah. we work with our partners in the community, whether it's through churches or business friendly or uh, conservative friendly businesses. And we help them to collect ballots as well. In addition to that, banking your vote has to go hand in hand with protecting your vote. Mm-hmm. And at the California Republican Party, we didn't start doing election integrity after the 2020 cycle. We were on the ground, um, mostly focused in those targeted congressional seats. So about 60 percent of all ballots in California were being watched by lawyer, staff and volunteers. That's a big number. Thank you. Yeah, but we've yeah. improved it. Wow. Um, going into the 22 cycle, we had over 95 percent of our ballots being watched by lawyers, staff, and volunteers all over the state. We had 58 election integrity chairs. We had 58 lawyers assigned to each of our counties. They developed relationships with our county clerks. Um, When there was a problem, they were able to ask questions. Um, We saw some incompetence Mm -hmm. around the state. Um, But, you know, overall, I would say our election integrity volunteers who are on the ground and have developed these relationships Mm -hmm. have a renewed sense of confidence in our election. That is amazing because honestly, I mean, I, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm spending time, I'm going around the state and I'm talking to groups and so on. It's one of the first questions that always comes up, like how, how are we ever going to win when they cheat and do all the rest of it? And I say, look, that the only, the, the line I always use is there's only one vote that you know you can guarantee won't be counted. And that's the one that isn't cast. So we have to just fight for every vote. But I wasn't aware of the extent of that election integrity operation. That's You you. have to have confidence in their elections. If you don't have confidence in your election, why would you cast that ballot? Yeah. And so when you look at races that we've won here in California, when you look at Mike Garcia's in 2020, we won by 333 votes. Uh, Congressman John Duarte up in. Yes, that went on for ages. Exactly, 520 votes. Not only that, but even after the certification was supposed to take place, we had an assembly seat down in Palm Springs. We won that seat by 85 votes. If if there was bad things happening, it would happen in these very close elections and it would swing the other way. We are winning because we are on the ground. We are making sure that people are getting their votes in. We are making sure they can have confidence in the election. And we are making sure that we secure those ballots. That's it's really powerful. It's really powerful. I, I'm I'm happy to hear that because now I have a really a, a strong answer because it is it is so much top of people's minds. Let's talk about the convention and what's happening here. You mentioned the candidates coming, so we have Donald Trump is here. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis is that right? And are there, is it just those two? No. So we have President Trump coming in right. for our lunch today. Yeah. We have an afternoon speaker series with Senator Tim Scott out of uh, South Carolina. We have Governor DeSantis coming in for dinner tonight out of Florida. 
And then we have businessman Vivek Ramaswamy coming in for our lunch tomorrow. Amazing. So four presidential candidates. I don't know that that has ever happened at the California Republican cool. Party before. So there'll be a lot of excitement about that. But you've also got business going on here. Yeah. And one thing that I've been reading about is um, an argument. And, you know, I've been long enough inside uh, politics to know back in the day in England and here as well, you know, parties, there's often arguments inside parties and that's healthy. You know, you, di- you disagree about things. And then you work together to win elections. Um, but there is an argument over the platform. Yeah. Tell us what that's all about. Yeah, so we have a process at the California Republican Party, and I believe in that process. I've always said that, you know, when people use the word faction, as in we're a coalition party. Yeah. We find the things that we can agree on and we move forward and we focus on those things. Our platform is about our core principles, ideals and values. And so um, we had our drafting committee meet over the summer. They brought forward a draft. Um, We have hundreds of amendments that are going to be considered this weekend. Um, And I think that we'll get to a great place where Republicans can focus on our core principles, ideals and values Mm -hmm. and bring that message out. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to be each one of these candidates in each one of these districts. And I often say there's not a single Republican on this planet that I believe that I agree with 100 (laughs) percent. You know, so I remember once I I, I made that point to someone and um, and I said, I don't, I don't think that, you know, so-and-so agrees with the 100%. I said, yeah, that would be, and it would be crazy to agree with you 100%. Like, that's a very unique perspective. But do you think that, um, because I hear all the time, you know, this, this sense that there's, you know, the danger of factions. And I would say that's really, you know, in the end, we know that the only answer is to win elections against Democrats. And, and the, the shared principles are so strong compared to uh, some of the other issues. Plus, when you look at the things that need fixing in California. Right. You talk about all the things you said, right? The high taxes, the crime, the, the, the well, the high tax policies, the soft on crime policies, the overregulation, the, the ridiculous policies on energy, on and on. These are all, all, the, all those practical things. It seems to me Republicans completely agree about right. solutions. Yeah. And not only that, but, you know, I've always tried to lead in a way that brings people together. My job will always be about addition, not subtraction. So I don't spend a lot of time talking bad about other Republicans. In fact, no time at all. Um, There is so much craziness happening up in Sacramento. I could talk about all of the failures of California Democrats and still have stuff to talk to you about tomorrow. So I focus on what the Democrats are doing, and I like to unite the Republicans. I think that's exactly right. I mean, that's the only answer is is to have that kind of unity, especially when the stakes are so high. It feels to me like actually people this time or in the years ahead... We got this 24 election, 26. I think people in California, just they're really seeing the complete sort of destruction of, of, the, of the far left agenda in terms of its outcomes. They can, they're experiencing it. They can see it. Yeah. And we're showing up in communities and trying to bring that message mm-hmm. and showing that there is a viable alternative, right? Great partnership with the RNC is our community centers. Right. Um, we just reopened our uh, Little Saigon headquarters. And, you know, they've got Tai Chi that happens there on Thursdays and the yep. Vietnamese dance team that practices there. This year, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, after the Florida model, we're launching our Republican Civics Initiative, where we have uh, individuals on our staff that are trained by the Department of State to tutor people in their citizenship test. That's fantastic. Ten weeks, two yep. hours a day or two hours a week. And, um, you know, we're doing this in our Latino engagement centers, too. We just reopened our Palmdale location earlier this week. We have our Merced and Bakersfield. 
uh, ones that are also doing their grand reopening. So we're showing up in communities to deliver those messages because I think there's a lot of Californians that have been looking mm-hmm. for and wanting for what something different than what Democrats have been saying. Definitely. What do you think? Uh, I was just, when I was thinking about, um, we're speaking on the, I don't know, people will be watching at different times, but we're speaking on the morning of the news of Senator Dianne Feinstein's death. Um, and I was just thinking, in, in, in the, I, I was, I've been doing a bit of media this morning, and as a, as a joke, really, I was talking about the question of who Gavin Newsom will choose to replace her. Um, and he and he's made clear he's not going to choose one of the three Democrats who are running in the election for Senate. I agree with that. He shouldn't interfere in the election. But as, kind of as a joke, I said, look, if you actually really believe in diversity and fairness, as the Democrats constantly talk about, you look at the congressional representation, you have th- this state of California, 40% Republican vote, roughly speaking. Um, and yet our representation in Congress, Republicans are about 20%. So if he really believed in diversity and fairness, he should appoint a Republican. But <laughs> it just may be, of course, never going to happen. But actually, what about that that sort of discrepancy in terms of the representation? It's kind of interesting, isn't it, that, that there's so many more Republicans in California than people give credit for. Yeah. And I think that's why we have to win more of these congressional seats. Right. And you see the way these districts have been drawn. Uh, you know, when we talk about these five seats, um, you know, Young Kim is after redistricting got a little bit better. Everybody else got worse. Well, the Republicans. Yeah. Well, the 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 five that we had picked up. Right. OK. So, um, you know, we're playing in uh, Michelle Park Steele's district, which is uh-huh. a D plus seven seat. We're playing in Congressman really? Mike Garcia's district, which is a D plus 12 and a half. When you see D plus 12 and a half, et cetera, that means the, the registration, registration is right. Democrats have 12 and a half points better in Mike Garcia's Amazing. district than Republicans. And last time he won by a lot more than three. He did. He, yeah. Yes, yes. And then you see, you know, uh, David Valadeo, D plus 17 and a half. John Duarte, D plus 14 and a half. And the places where we're going on offense, California 9 and Josh Harder's seat, where we have endorsed uh, our our Stockton mayor, um, uh, Kevin Lincoln, who is running in that seat. You know, that's another D double digits. Um, we've got um, our former Assembly Republican leader that we've also endorsed, Scott Bach, who's oh, yeah. in the open porter seat, yeah. right? So these are places where Republicans not, shouldn't necessarily be winning just by the registration camp. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go on the offense. We're going to try and grow that majority because uh-huh. we have the opportunity to do it with great candidates. Do you think that there's an issue? In t- I mean, it's just something I've never really focused on, but um, in terms of the districting and, and, and you know, why that representation is so off, is there an issue there that needs to be addressed in the long term? I know it's not something you can do from within the party, but I'm just thinking about things like the top two system, the way the districts are drawn. Right. So I think that if we... Um, had it the old way, yeah. where the legislature drew the districts, they would find a way to make us Hawaii. Right. And um, I think that we are much better off with the Citizens Redistricting Commission. Right. I would also say it is not perfect. Right. So we could do better, but we could not go back to how we did it. And what about top two? Yes. Top two, you know, I think is a, an experiment that has failed. Right. Um, you know, we're seeing in some of these places, I think that the initial thought was, you know, you're getting people to vote and the earlier they vote for your candidate, the best opportunity you'll have in the general election. Um, but we're just really not seeing that. You know, we're still seeing, you know, who votes in in the primaries. It's, you know, the bases. It's the yes. people that have the most stake in, yes. in, the, in the parties. And so you're seeing, you know, not a, a huge like rush to 
the moderate Democrats, which is a... That was the theory. That was the theory within the business community. And you get these radical regress. Yeah, it's gone much. I mean, they've gone way off to the hard left. I mean, that and that, and it's an experiment that's totally failing. We can see it. But, you know, in the end, there's only one answer, which is Republicans winning elections, which is what you're in charge of and seems to be going well. So thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Always great to be with you, Steve. Thanks.